0: This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose
1: and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everyone out there in radio or podcast land. Hope you're having a great day. i so excited to have you join us back on the show today. The Michael Wall Show, obviously, each and every week sharing positive insight, information to really help you maximize your world, maximize your life, maximize your wealth make good decisions or better decisions, hopefully, and be in a place where you're focusing on living with purpose so you can live on purpose. You know, I'll tell you, we've had a ton of you respond on Facebook as well as Instagram and some other things, some of the things that we've posted. So we just want to thank you for your response. Last motivational segment that we posted there, talking about the whole idea of your comfort being the enemy of growth. So we had a lot of good insight there. Appreciate that. I know some of you have participated already in our Live With Purpose momentum uh, or a campaign, I should say. And uh, that campaign is something where we're really striving to add value and encourage those to really be looking at things where we can make a difference in one's lives. And what we're focusing and shedding the light on at this stage of the game is Operation Underground Railroad as well as uh, Place of Hope. Two great organizations we're involved with both. And what we've done is we've created a neat little campaign where you can literally get a free t-shirt and but just by just by being a part of the campaign, all you gotta do is go to Operation Underground Railroad or Place of Hope, make a small donation, 10, 15, 20, 30 dollars, however you how much you want to make, help save kids, and we'll send you out a free t-shirt. Now, how you get that t-shirt you can go to one of two places. You can go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com, and there's a little place on that screen somewhere where you're going to see on that webpage where it'll say... Uh, reach out to us. So just reach out, let us know what you've given, what you've done, uh, get a little screenshot of your donation and we'll make sure we send you out a t-shirt so you can be part of this movement to live with purpose. Well, hey, this show is going to be a great, great show. Talking about a lot of terrific information and uh, the first segment is going to be really entitled, the motivational segment, Servant Leadership and the process of success. Why is that so crucial? Why are they dialed in together? Second segment, we're talking about, are you in love with stocks? If you're investing at all, or if you've ever invested in the market, the question is, are you in love with stocks? Many of you know that this show is powered by Wall Private Wealth and Wall Lehman. Wall Private Wealth is uh, one of my companies that I have that is a uh, private wealth firm. We help families protect, grow, reuse taxes on their wealth. And uh, a big part of my life has been in the financial world for almost 17 years. So we're going to talk second segment, about if you're in love with stocks, which one should you be in love with per se? And uh, maybe you've gotten some inherited money. It might be time to kind of back up the truck and and, uh, get rid of some of those. We're going to talk about that. How about understanding the phases of your financial life? Did you know there are different phases? Well, there are, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. And then last but not least, we have an interview with Marianne Lentini, she is the owner of a private investigation company. You know that sexy title, P.I., you know, remember Magnum P.I. back in the day? Well, she owns a private investigation company all over the country, and she's done a lot of great things. We're going to talk about how that world has changed and some ways that you can protect yourself. All of this coming up on The Michael Wall Show. Let's go. I just let it play a little bit longer. I love that intro. I love that song. And, uh, you know, we're going to jump now into the motivational segment. It's time to jump into the motivational segment and get you all motivated, get you focused, get you on point, and put you in a place where you can use this content each and every week to maximize your life and maximize what you're doing. Now, if again, if you don't know the reason we've segmented this show, a lot of people have asked me, they say, Mike, why don't you just do a motivational show itself? Well, I could do that, but I thought, you know what, why not just kind of over-deliver in a lot of ways and add more value if we can. So what we want to do is just that. And so what we've decided to do is cut this show up into four different segments. First segment's motivation, second and third segment typically are financial information, and the fourth segment a lot of times is having a guest on that's sharing information that's going to be valuable to you or that you're going to pick something up or learn something, whether it's a celebrity or a local business owner or a national business owner. Just something that's going to help you in life. But I want to dive in this segment. I want to talk about the whole idea of servant leadership and the process of success. Now, you might say, what this servant leadership, being a servant and having success, how does that come hand in hand? And I want to start out with uh, a story that I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually talking with my producer, uh, about while we were kind of getting ready to shoot the show and uh, or do the show. And we were talking about, um, you know, when I'm going to the car wash, if you've ever gone to the car wash and you go up to that car wash and you put your credit card in and all of a sudden the little bar goes up and your car goes down and, you know, you're going through this automatic car wash. Well, one of the things that you got to do is you got to align your left wheel, your left front wheel, into the tracks, right? So you you drive, and you might have to turn left or right or whatever. (laughs) And I said, when I was starting the show, I said, man, I'm just not on point yet. I'm kind of bumping against the railings trying to get in there and try and be on point. And, you know, sometimes in life, we're not going to get as clean, or we're not going to get the result that we really want when it comes to success if we don't follow some type of a system. I could be in a place where I drive up to that car wash, and if I don't take my car and get the right wheel in where it's supposed to get in, so that way then that roller comes up and it pushes my car through, and if I'm all the way to the right side or all the way to the left side, first off, I'm not going to go through the car wash. And secondly, I'm not going to get the desired result, which is to clean my car the way it should be cleaned. So because of that, I need to be in a place, or, or maybe I'm in a place where I'm driving and I'm not letting the actual roller push my car. See, that ruler pushes your car at a particular speed, and that speed is calculated so that way all of the things that, you know, that, that wash your car as you go through uh, are set up in such a way that they can actually maximize cleaning of your car. If you were to drive through, you might go too fast or you might go too slow, and you, again, you wouldn't get the desired result. So when it comes to leadership and the process of success, one of the things that we gotta know is you have to earn the right. I want to say that again. You have to earn the right. You don't just show up and become successful. You know, one of the things that we've struggled with today in our society is all of these college graduates. Here they are coming out with their degrees. They got their piece of paper. They got their bachelor's or their doctorate or their PhDs or their master's or whatever they got. And they have these certificates. They've went through the courses. They've they've taken the tests. They've passed. And now they're a PhD or they're a bachelor or whatever. And and, and they're in a place where they're saying, hey, I have this piece of paper. Now I want to go and I have earned the right to work with this company and do these things. Well, the problem is there's still a ton of training with a new company. And we've seen that before. How many college graduates do you know that literally today are struggling to find a job in their field or are working a job in another field? Now, when it comes to success and when it comes to leading, you might look at yourself and you might say, you know what, I want to be a leader one day. I want to be someone that leads people. I want to be i want to be someone that adds value to others. And that's the first question that you have to ask yourself is, do you want to lead because you just want to lead and you want the notoriety and you want the fame and you want the whatever comes with it? Or do you want to lead because you want to add value? And if you want to lead because you add value, you're going to be in a situation where you will lead and your impact of your leadership will go way beyond your life. Think about that for a minute. You know, when you talk about fame and when you talk about real humble true student leadership or, or humble leadership, we know that we can look at examples in our society today. And when you look at servant leadership, you got to be in a place where you must be willing to humble yourself to learn from someone else. And I can speak with experience. I know the first couple years in my business, I was in a situation where I was willing to learn, but there were certain aspects of my business that I was like, you know what? I got that. I'm going to be okay. I can figure this out on my own. Instead of saying, wait a minute, this person over here has spent all the time, they spent all the money, they've put in the effort, and I can literally follow what they're doing without reinventing the wheel, and it'll get me to my success faster than I ultimately would get there. And you know, pride is a lot of times the reason that we don't get there. I don't know if you know this or not, but pride is, there, there's two types of pride. There's a healthy pride, and then there's an unhealthy pride. The unhealthy pride, we'll start there, is pride where you're saying, "I got this. I don't need any help. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be open to any ideas, etc." The healthy pride is the acronym. I remember Zig Ziglar used to always say, and that is personal responsibility and daily endeavors. Let me say it again. Pride, the acronym. Put this up somewhere you so you can see it, because it's nothing wrong with having healthy pride, and that is personal responsibility and daily endeavors. And when we have a healthy pride, we will literally take responsibility in our daily endeavors. And what that means is we will go down the road of learning under someone else that actually is farther ahead than we are. Now, when you learn from someone else and you practice those gifts and abilities and you practice and you practice and you practice and you you keep learning, what happens is, is you get to the place where you now are starting to earn the right. I've noticed this today where a lot of people, you know, they're out there saying, well, I'm a coach. I coach and I help people do this and I coach and help people do that. And, and to me, it's like, it's like, where's all this coming from? Everybody all of a sudden is a coach and yet they don't have any business experience themselves. They've been in business for two or three years. I'm not saying you can't start. I'm not using this as a discouragement. What I am doing is I'm asking you to evaluate your life and evaluate the leadership that you want to have and think about who do you want to lead? What does that look like? Who do you want to coach? What does that look like? And have you thought about where you want to go in your life? Now, you might be retired. You might soon going to be retired. You might be younger, depending on where you are. But at the end of the day, I think we all have to ask ourselves this question. What do we want in our life in the future? And I remember Zig said a a lot of times, you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. So we might as well get it right while we're here. And if you want to lead, and I believe that if you're in a situation where you have information that is valuable that you've learned over the years, it is your responsibility to share that with other people. So as you want to lead, we must be willing to be a servant first. We must be willing to be a servant first. And then we must earn the right. This is the process of success, now, going back real quick, I talked about all those coaches, people that are younger, just kind of coaching and things. I don't want to discourage you and, and coaching other people that you can or can't. What I do want to do is I want to encourage you to make sure that you're in a place where you are open to new ideas. You are open to learning. You are open to growing. The only way you grow is by making a, a defined and specific effort. You must make a specific effort to grow. You know, if I decide, you know, and I think I want to, I think I want to get some fresh tomatoes in in my garden in in the in the yard. But I don't walk outside and make a specific effort to literally prepare the soil and plant a seed, and then and then continue that process, that boring process of being out there and watering the seed, and watering the seed, and watering the seed. If I don't continue that process, I'm not going to grow. I can want fresh tomatoes all day long, but I'm not gonna get it if I'm not willing to go through the process. So my question, as I end this segment to you, is are you willing to submit under the leadership of someone else, number one? Are you willing to learn from someone else, number two? And number three, do you have a healthy pride, which is personal responsibility and daily endeavors, which will help you fall under that leadership. So that way then you can lead better. Or do you have an unhealthy pride, which says, I got this. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. You know, I've I've been in the financial game for almost 17 years now. We've been involved in a lot of things. I started out when I was in college. I sold books door to door in the summertime for three summers. I trained and taught students how to sell books door to door, knocking 80 hours a week Selling Bibles and children's Bibles and basic knowledge and basic health and videos for kids. I did it after three summers and I learned so much about that. Because I learned how to control my mind. I learned how to control my brain. And we've had other motivational segments talking specific to that. So if you, if you miss that, go to michaelwallshow.com and make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast app and you can listen to previous segments, but it's really, really important that we evaluate why we do what we do and that we take that experience that we've had that I just mentioned in my life as an example and share the things that I've learned. And that's really my goal with this show is to share the things that I have learned personally in business as, as I've been blessed to have several different companies and, and really help families in a lot of different capacities. To me, I want to share that so you can get more value, so we can have a better world around. But then secondly, be in a place that I encourage you to go out and be that leader that you've been called to be. Because it's the ripple effect. And that's how we change the world, So I really, really appreciate you dialing in to that segment. Make sure you press pause, go back, listen again, press pause, go back, and listen again, because repetition will help it stick. And as you repeat it more, it'll become more of your thought process, and that'll change how you live and how you look at life. Well, next segment, we're going to talk about stocks hey, if you want to make more money on your money, one great way to do it is by buying stocks. Now, which one should you buy or not? Well, that's to be debated. But at the end of the day, are you in love with stocks? Maybe you got one inherited, you know, and, and should you sell it? Should you keep it? You know, the old, should I stay or should I go? We're going to talk about that coming up next on The Michael Wall Show. This is gonna be the best day of my life losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth, radio show host and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry and I want investors to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now. You're listening to
0: the Mike Wall show. Catch up on previous episodes at MichaelWallShow.com. Now, back to the show. All you need is love. All you need is
1: love. All you need is love. Isn't that the truth sometimes? Boy, wouldn't it be nice to see <laughs> more of that in our world today? Well, I agree. Well, you're back into the Michael Wall Show talking about... Uh, are you in love with stocks? And, you know, one of the things, that just a little press pause here, um, I, I wanted to share with you is, is this show is really about you. So as you're listening to this, I want you to know this show's about you. My goal and my desire is to share information and share thoughts and ideas that really allow you... To get the knowledge and information that you need about life, maybe something's going on in your world you have a question about, we're not covering it on the show, or, you know, like, hey, I, I wonder about this. Whatever it may be, reach out to us, michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com. And when you go there, what you're going to find is you're going to find a place where you can actually scroll down and it'll say, ask Michael a question and just put in your name and et cetera. Now, you might see a little pop-up along the way that says receive your free round to it because what we're doing is we're on a mission to help motivate people to get stuff done. You know, if you've ever been in a place where you're like, I got to clean the garage out or I got to do this, I just don't want to get it done. Well, we want to motivate people to get it done. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I know I've said it before in life where you say, ah, you know, I'll do that when I get around to it. So what are we doing? Well, I decided, you know what? I remember back in the day when I went to a conference motivationally and I received a round to it, a round coin that says to it right on it. And I had that thing and I stuck it in my pocket. And it was a great reminder for me that when I said to myself, I'll do that when I get around to it, I was like, wait a minute, I already have a round to it. So now I can go do it. <laughs> so we want to give you that ammunition to help you become more efficient in your life. Uh, so when you go to the michaelwallshow.com, if you see that little Pop up come up that is from us. Feel free to uh, click on that and put in your information, and we'll get you one of those free round tuits to help you get more motivated, more efficient in your life. But in addition, on the bottom, ask Michael a question, reach out to us because, again, this show is about you, and we want to add value and we want to share topics and information on things that are dialing in with what you really want and need. So we need your feedback. Not just your passive listenership, we need your feedback, and we have gotten a lot of that even on Facebook at Michael D. Wall, so we appreciate that, but that's another way that you can reach out to us on michaelwallshow.com. All right, let's dive into stocks, and are you in love with your stocks? You know, sometimes in, in life, we're in a place where we have received maybe an inheritance from someone. And in that inheritance, a lot of times, you know, we get information and we get, we get this, this portfolio, and in the inheritance, we're in a place where we say, maybe we should be thinking a little bit different. There was a, uh, a clip of a gentleman, uh, Mr. Young, shared on Fox Business. I'm gonna play that for you now. Every stock has its day where you want to own it, but also, remember, it's not like your grandmother's pearls. If she left you some pearls in her will, they have sentimental value. That makes sense, fall in love with that. But when it comes to a stock, it's just a thing you need to sell it or need to be considering selling if it represents too much of your account or if it's gotten to be overvalued. A lot of overvalued stocks out there right now. So it's just a thing and not like your grandma's pearls. (laughs) Okay, this is something where when we look at investments or we look at anything that we're doing in life, quite honestly, we want to step back and we want to evaluate and make a good decision uh, based on what makes the most sense and where we are. So here's my question for you. Does that logic... Does that thinking in your own eyes, does that make sense to you? You know what? I think I should step back and make a good decision on what I'm doing in life based on the facts at hand. If that thinking makes sense to you, then that's exactly why I wanted to share some thought about this because we've seen this from time to time. Uh, Again, on the the private wealth side, we have Wall Private Wealth, which is one of the companies that is a, a kind of a sponsor of this show and uh, helps families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. And one of the things that we talk about and we see is a lot of times folks will get inherited portfolios with stocks in it. And they're in a place where they're kind of sentimental to it. Well, I got this, I'll I'll give you an example. I had a client that actually, a family actually that came in, they inherited some money. They came into the firm, it was referred. And we had a conversation about their story. Well, we dove in and we looked at their portfolio and our team kind of did some analysis on what they were doing. And we found out that there were some things in there that, you know, their their father had essentially bought years and years and years ago. And there was some sentimental attachment. It's like, you know, I, I don't know if I want to sell this. I just, you know, he bought it and, and I just kind of want to keep it. And so I said, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think your dad would value the fact that you kept this particular stock just because he he bought it? Or do you think that your dad would value the thought, That you made a wise business decision around whether to keep this stock or sell it based on the facts in the current situation. And if the best thing to do was to sell the stock to maximize protecting the wealth that he's transferred to you, to maximize uh, just future longevity of the portfolio, etc., do you think he would uh, look at it more favorably saying, hey, listen, you made a good business decision. I know I purchased that, but you made a good business decision about actually selling that to maximize the portfolio long-term. Or do you think he'd look at it more favorably saying, no, no, I want you to keep that stock regardless of whether or not it's a good time to sell it or not. And the answer came back was, well, you know, we, we think that, you know, because my dad, my dad was a smart guy. He made good decisions. He, he always tried to evaluate both sides. And I think he would probably look at it and say, we were wise in making the decision to sell the stock if it was in the best interest of all uh, parties included to sell it. If it was going to help us keep more of our money, protect the money, and so on and so forth. And so ultimately, that's what happened. They ended up selling those positions. Now, what's interesting is a lot of times we don't on our own, and I see a lot of times folks, investors on your own, you might be like this specifically where you don't necessarily step back and think that objectively to what you're doing. You might be in a place where you say, well, you know, I've made this decision or I've made that decision and I'm just going to stick to it and I'm just going to, you know, kind of hope it all works out when the real decision might be, okay, let me really evaluate this to say, listen, we have a different market today than we did back in the 2000s. Now, as you're listening to this, if you're a novice investor, uh, you're going to be like, well, maybe I wasn't invested in the 2000s, and that's fine, but we can learn from history. And one of the things that we know is when we look at investing, the marketplace today and how we invest today is different and should be different than how we invested even five, 10 years ago, because we live in a much more globally correlated or connected economy you might say mike i don't know that's a little boring for me i don't want to dive into the weeds there well that's true but listen education is power knowledge is power when it's applied and when we take this knowledge and apply it to our portfolios oftentimes we're in a place where we have a better chance of uh faring well or better in the future and when we take a look at our overall portfolio listen i got to share with you as you look at the markets right now the markets are at all-time highs Now, are they going to continue to go up? I don't know. No one has the answer to that question. But you do need to evaluate what is a realistic gain. And you need to evaluate the fact of whether or not you are greedy, saying, I got to keep this. I just wait for a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Or are you in a place where you're saying, no, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to listen to some different thought and ideas and change the way we do our, our investing. I mean, think about Amazon. Amazon is literally changing the world. Now I know a lot of people are saying, well, I want to buy that stock. I want to own that stock. I'm going to, you know, it's just going to keep going up, 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 up. Now, whether it will or not, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's changing the world as far as how we buy things. But the question is, is that really a good thing long term? You know, It's interesting, my family and I, we went to Costco the other day. Uh, we were going in buying stuff, and I couldn't believe I was there with my boys, and we were having a conversation uh, because the day prior, we went to this place. It was called Fun Depot, which was, uh, they had like go-karts there. They had um, laser tag and all of these other things. We go to, this, we go to the Fun Depot, and, and they were thirsty, so we got a drink of water. We got a bottle of water out of the vending machine, and a bottle of water was $2 per bottle, so there's six of us. And, um, you know, I know it can be more at amusement parks and other things, but there's six of us. So that's, you know, $12 for six bottles of water. My, my wife and I and our, our four kids. And so the next day we're at Costco and we're there and we're looking at this case of water. And I'm like, wait a minute, dad, look at this case. There's 40 bottles of water in this case for $3. And they started doing the math. And they're like, wait a minute. Fun Depot, $2 pottle, you know, and they starting to think through, think through this, they're like, this is crazy, how can they offer, and I said, I started had an opportunity to talk about markups and, and how uh, companies make profit and all that goes with that, so it was kind of an interesting conversation, but the point is, you know, we were in a place where we were evaluating, and they were evaluating what was going on, and as we're in Costco, what was interesting is I saw people walking in the door, and it was just crazy the amount of people coming in. But our world is changing, even as Amazon is now, you know, purchased Whole Foods and all of the things that are going on there, how we shop, how we grocery shop uh, has changed. Our world has become busier and busier. So we want almost like a have it your way situation. But is that the best thing long term? Well, I don't know, because how does that affect how we interact with one another? How does that affect our ability to just, you know, communicate and connect as a world if we're all just staying at home all day long and looking at our computer screens, You know, maybe there is some negative to that. So just like owning stocks, there's always positive and negative. We have to take a look at and evaluate when we're creating a comprehensive plan, which is really what you should be having, and taking a look and going through conversation of saying, what should I do with this specifically? So if you have some questions about that, feel free to reach out to the private wealth company, which is leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. A team member can help shed some insight on maybe you should stay and maybe you should go when it comes to hanging on to those stocks in your portfolio. But ultimately, you want to be in a place where you're putting yourself in the best opportunity to protect, grow, and reduce taxes on your wealth in the future. we got more great information coming up on The Michael Wall Show next. This- and join me every Sunday morning for the Sunday Morning Money Report to get financial headlines and retirement tips. Michael Wall, a nationally recognized financial author, advisor, and radio host, joins me each week as well. His firm, Wall Private Wealth, helps folks protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. To learn more about the Sunday Morning Money Report or how Michael's team can help build a financial plan for your retirement, go to leanonthewall.com and we'll see you Sunday morning at 8.58.
0: Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show.
1: shining down. Never a bad thing. Michael Wall show. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great time. Sharing a lot of thought and insight to help you maximize your life. You know, as I'm sitting here recording this show, I'm literally wearing my live with purpose shirt. So are you living with purpose? That's my question. Do you want to live with purpose? What does that look like in your life? Hopefully you are. Well, we are really helping the process and the movement of saving kids worldwide. Did you know there's 24 million kids in the world right now that are literally in different forms of slavery? You might say, what? Never heard of that. Yeah, almost 24 million kids right now. So if you want to join the movement and get a, be a part of really ridding this evil from the world, first thing you can do is pray. Second thing you, do, you can do is literally put hands and feet to that and uh, take action. There's two organizations that we've researched and looked at. One is Operation Underground Railroad, and these these guys. Tim is the leader of this organization. He worked for Homeland Security, left the government, started the nonprofit, and uh, called it Operation Underground Railroad. And they literally go into the depths of evil and rescue these kids of where they're being held in slavery. You can learn and kind of see a quick uh, short film on them just by going to O-U-R, as an our, O-U-R film.org and learn more about them. Another organization that is doing great work for kids is Place of Hope. You can go to placeofhope.com and learn more about them as well. So what are we doing with this movement? Well, we want to encourage you uh, to be a part of this movement. And one of the ways we want to do that is by saying, hey, If you join us in supporting these organizations, we would love to send to you a Live With Purpose shirt. That's what we'd love to do. I know it's a small token, but it's something where you can kind of outwardly express and say, listen, I am living with purpose because I want to live life on purpose, and all you got to do is reach out to us. Just go to michaelwalshow.com, and on the bottom, there's a place he says, contact us, and reach out and say, hey, I, I gave, and how do I get my free shirt? We'll help you along that way. Love to send that out to you. Just love to send that out to you. All right, so we're going to talk about understanding the phases of your financial life in this segment. And this is really important because, you know, there are different phases of your financial life. You know, it reminded me a little bit of the All-Star Game. And, and coming up here uh, real soon is the Major League Baseball All-Star Game where guys are, you know, the best of the best are coming in and playing. It's actually going to be in D.C. this year. And uh, also having home run derby, right? Well, there's different phases of baseball. I mean, think about it. You started out and you're in Little League. I remember back when I was in Little League, El Dorado was a team that I was on. And you continue to grow and grow and grow. And then you're in uh, junior high and high school. and then And then you go, if you make it even more, maybe you go to college or maybe you go to minor leagues. And then finally, you make it to the pros. So there's different phases of baseball, different levels, different things going on. And then if you're really exceptional, you make it to the all-star game. Which is going to be a pretty good game, hopefully this year. But you make it to the All Star game, same way with your financial life. And you may not have thought about it this way, but there's literally different phases of your financial life. You know, it's kind of the working and growth phase, and then there's the retirement phase. Now, a lot of times, people, when they think of retirement, they think, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm really want to retire, or I don't know if I, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'll probably always do something. So I want you to think of it not necessarily as the retirement phase and you go sit on a rocking chair and just sit down and do nothing. What I want you to think of it as is the phase where you really have the freedom now in life to do what you want to do. So we'll call it the financial freedom phase, okay? And we see that a lot of times even in our our private wealth firm. uh, When folks come in, they've already uh, amassed a certain level of wealth. Our financial minimum at that firm is a million. So folks with at least a million dollars or more, a lot of times they're coming in for a second opinion on what they're doing, how can they improve it, how can they protect and grow wealth, et cetera. And what happens is is they want to create financial freedom for their future. You know, we all want to do that, but understanding the phase you're in is what really helps you do that. And by understanding the phase, what I mean is we really need to understand how our investments are structured. You know, I had an opportunity to connect uh, with Roger Ibbotson a little while back and at the New York Stock Exchange. And one of the things we had a conversation about is how bonds today are different than they used to be back in the day. You know, bonds uh, operate kind of like a seesaw. So when interest rates go up, par values on bonds go down. And one of the things that Roger mentioned, and and Roger, if you're not familiar with him, he's a Yale professor. He does work on a regular basis at the New York Stock Exchange, as well as he is the founder of Zebra Capital, which is a a hedge fund, about $2 billion hedge fund. Really, really, really great guy. I just wrote an article in Forbes a little bit ago, and he was talking about the whole idea of how bonds may not necessarily be the place you want to go at this stage in the game, in this world, and the way our economy is structured and set up and investments are set up for safety. So we had a long conversation about that. And when you take a look at um, that financial freedom phase, or that we'll call it 50 to 55 and up phase, that's now a phase where you want to think about financial freedom. You want to be thinking about, okay, the investments that you have, how often have you reevaluated them? You know, when you're younger and you're starting out, you're just trying to grow wealth, and you're in a place where you don't think about it as much because you have more time and you're kind of letting things go and you just kind of hope, hope in the future you're going to be fine. Now, you still want to maximize your investments there, but you have a little bit more time. But when you're moving into that, we'll call it 50, age 50 and up, well, now we're in a place where you know, we're, you're in what I call a financial red zone. And by that, I mean you're in a place where you need to reevaluate what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing if the focus of the investments is just growth, I just want to grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it. You could find yourself in a place where you end up losing more than you would want to and whenever that next market crash or downturn comes. Now, this is really important because one of the questions that you have to ask and evaluate in understanding these phases of the financial life is when will there be the next market crash? Now, if you've ever looked at the S&P which is Standard & Poor's 500 to 500 largest companies in America, and you evaluated those companies in that chart. If you go all the way back to 1928, you'll find uh, several periods where there were actually sideways markets, meaning the market didn't go up or down, kind of just went sideways. So a little lesson here, a little step back. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the markets typically... And when I say the markets, I'm talking about the stock market. I'm talking about the the S&P, the Dow Jones, that sort of thing. Typically go one of three ways. They either go up, they go down, or they kind of trend sideways. And over the course of history, there have been several periods where there's been over 20 years of sideways markets. Now, you can, you can take a look at that if you just research and Google S&P charts and go back historically. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't go back and look at the history. And so the question is, how does that affect your phase of your financial life? If you're moving into that phase where you want to sell a company, if you're moving into that phase where you kind of want to relinquish and just kind of step back and, and, and maybe retire from a current job, maybe not retire from life, but retire from a current job, we absolutely need to evaluate what's happening With your investments where they are now. What are you doing to be more proactive when it comes to protecting what you have? That's question number one. If you're making notes, jot this down. If you're not making notes, jot this down, okay? (laughs) Number one, what steps have you taken to protect yourself against the next market crash? Question mark. And if the answer is none, that's not a good answer. Question number two, what steps are you taking to reduce your risk? Very, very important. Sometimes, for example, when, on that firm, Wall Private Wealth, when we design and create financial plans, conservation easements are things that we'll often uh, utilize or talk about because it gives people the ability to have significant tax reduction. Now, is it appropriate for everybody? No. But if they're large income earners, it can be for sure. And question number three, what are you doing to give yourself the ability to have consistent income that you can count on for your future? And where is it coming from? Maybe you don't even need income, and that's okay, but you might. And so those three questions are really, really important. Number one, what are you doing to reduce your risk? Number two, what are you doing to reduce your taxes? And number three, what are you doing to make sure you can have the income that you need for your life? Because that's really what you saved your money for. You saved it as a peace of mind or a freedom, we'll call it, account, so that way you can live well, live with purpose, all the things that we talk about on this show, and really enjoy retirement. If you're in a place where you got some questions about that, we've put some free content uh, and great information, some educational information. You can just go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, and there's some great videos there that we've put out for your educational information to help you make better choices, better decisions, and have a better understanding of this whole financial world so you can ultimately live with purpose and live with on purpose. Next segment coming up, we got a great guest, Marianne Lantini, and uh, she is the owner of a private investigation company. Interesting conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming up right after this. Are you concerned with all the uncertainty that's happening in our country today and how it will affect your finances? Hi, I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth and the host of The Michael Wall Show. I've written a simple, easy to read book that can help you cut through the nonsense of the financial world as well as empower you on how to make better financial decisions. Be a better steward of your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com right now to get your copy.
0: Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is The Michael Wall Show.
1: All right, welcome back into the Michael Wall Show. We're joined live in studio today with Marianne Lentini. Sounds just like Martini. She helped me with the saying. I appreciate that, Marianne. It's, <laughs> it's like, what? No, no. But, you know, I have to, I always have to make sure I understand how the name said correctly. And so thanks for that. Uh, thanks
2: for that. Simple, simple. Telling simple, the ancestors, <laughs> thank you, Mike.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we, we're having a conversation. Um, and we're by the way, we're having a great show today. If you missed parts of it, make sure you go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, Michael Wall. WALLshow.com to learn more about the show and what we're doing here. But we wanted to have a conversation with Marianne. I met you, uh, I guess, a couple months back. We yeah. were at an event kind of sponsoring uh, a new company that was being formed, which was kind of cool, kind of a luxury product. And, we got to talking and I thought to myself, you know, this would be kind of an interesting conversation. So Marianne to kind of set it up for you. She owns a company called evidence investigations and they do private investigation work in a variety of different fields. And you know, in America and even in the world today, we found, and I know you probably know that, you know, things aren't always as they seem, and especially with the social media world. Have you noticed a lot of times you might look on social media and you'll see a family or see somebody and be like, wow, their life seems to be just perfect. Everything's perfect all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that's posting things on social media or other things are, you know, they got stuff to hide, per se. But I'm just saying a lot of times in life. Uh, This is an interesting world of this old PI world, right? So how did you get into this? As a woman back in the day, we talked about this a little bit before. It was kind of like, ah, it was... Not a lot yeah, of women in this space, right? There certainly was not. So you're kind, was kind of a trailblazer. It's a man's
2: world. And back then, yeah. and I hate to date myself, but we're talking the very late 80s, early 90s in, in the state I'm from, of Connecticut, uh, there were 120 in the whole state. Wow. And there were four of us that were female. Wow. And that's obviously changed over the years, but at the, at the time, it was quite pioneering, if I may yeah. say so myself. So um, I started out, went to college, uh, studied criminal justice and legal studies, and really didn't know what I was going to do with that. I mm-hmm. think because of my very petite stature, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like that people would take me seriously walking up on a car and a, you know, a police uniform. Now I look at that, probably should have gone that route just for the pension alone, mm-hmm. but um, I had started an internship with a law firm that my college had set up and did some personal injury work and some criminal defense work um, for an attorney in New Haven, Connecticut. And at the time, they had a private investigator, a big burly guy, (laughs) totally straight out of TV, who would come in and get cases for the firm and go out in the street and investigate them, whether it be scene investigations, witness statements, surveillance. And I said, oh gosh, I want to be you, Lou. And uh, he didn't take me seriously until I persisted and persisted and finally let him... Um, mentor me and take me as an intern, which hmm. in the state that I'm from, it required that I work under his license for five years before
1: you can even step before out. Before
2: I could even step out on my yeah. own. Yeah. So I did that and got through it, and I've never looked back.
1: So this is a world that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about. I mean, they see shows on TV and they kind of it's almost distanced a little bit. But you know, a lot this has become a, a big, big thing, whether it be insurance fraud or corporate fraud or uh, domestic and family, you know, social media checks for new employees and things like that. Tell me this. So you've been. Been in the industry now for some time, and you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of transition. I mean, you were in this space before social media really became.
2: Absolutely, you know. And I think
1: I think of back even in the, in the '90s. I remember Saved by the Bell. If you remember that show, I you do. Know, and and Zach Morris is that big bag phone, you know, whatever. So technology has changed a ton, which has changed the way our world works. What what are some of the big changes that you've seen that's caused this private investigation to become maybe more even necessary today than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago?
2: Well, I think, it is, as we all know, with the media, with things going on in social media, it's changed so much as far mm-hmm. as what's true, what's not true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody can post anything and say anything, and mm-hmm. someone could believe it. Technology-wise, like I was just talking to Joseph earlier in your studio here, and talking about cell phones, I, mean, I started in the land of ginormous <laughs> video cameras that we used to have to yeah. be discreet on the shoulder,
1: forty-five oh pounds on gosh, the shoulder. Yeah,
2: and I tell my employees now, I've got several employees throughout the country, and I tell them they haven't made. I mean, you could follow someone into anywhere now, and with your cell phone, yeah. pretend to be texting and be yeah. videotaping them, you yeah. know inconspicuously and they would never know nobody right. knows anything i was i was just saying to someone the other day when we do surveillance back in the day you'd get behind somebody at a light and you would instinctively look away because they'd be looking their rear you know they would you know whatever be checking their makeup just adjusting their mirror now you get behind somebody at a light what do they do yeah they look at their phone yeah they don't, nobody's they're oblivious yeah. to following they have so, no
1: idea what's going on I, you
2: know i hate to sound like the you know, been there, done it's so much easier today. I think yeah. it's actually easier
1: than it was before. Oh
2: yes, much easier. And if someone had told me twenty years ago that people, subjects of investigations or targets, as we call them, were going to tell us where they're going to be this weekend, yeah, who they're going on with purpose. on yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> well, then shows hey, what, I'm here yeah, hanging I'm out. Here, here's, here's all the what pictures I'm having yeah. for dinner. You know, it's like here they're doing
1: they're doing your job.
2: Absolutely. And then sometimes afterwards, and we can get into that. But even this past week, Fourth of July week is our banner week. Mm. I say that because people, especially with the insurance fraud, it yeah. is the busiest. People go out, they're partying, they're getting drunk, they forget that they have a litigation pending, that they're supposed to be having back surgery in a week because wow. of a, a huge claim. yeah, And they're out there partying up a storm. So 4th of July, we get nailed with tons of work um, and it's a very very busy time of year for us
1: so let me let me ask you this question do you believe you know we've seen a lot of in this country deterioration of morals and values in a lot of ways in my opinion unfortunately um, and do you think that aids a lot of your work at this stage in the game and i don't mean that as good or bad but you know causing people to say you know what back 20 30 years ago you know people would get up they go to work and there was still stuff that went on i'm not Absolutely. saying it wasn't but at least you know kids were trained work hard be ethical do the right thing you know all those sorts of things now kids grow up and there's not really any uh, rhyme or reason kind of do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it the law and it's is always somebody else's fault it's somebody else's fault not mm-hmm. taking accountability and responsibility uh, how much do you think is that aided into some oh, of what you to- do
2: totally and I, I used to say i think a lot of fraud is, is i hate to say this but it's you're brought up with it it's what you know it's what yeah. your parents did what your grandparents did yeah you know school Screwing some system is what they know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Taking advantage of some system that was meant for good reasons. Yeah. You know, the, the, the society put it out there to help benefit people that were legitimately hurt. And, yeah. whatnot. and then you find people that have been taking advantage of it for centuries. century. You know, yeah. like and they saying, learn from that. They learn from that. So,
1: so let me ask you this. In relation to um, uh, companies that are out there today or people that are out there today, in your vein, specifically in what you do, What are maybe the top two or three things that you see is an issue that people need to be looking out for?
2: From a litigation standpoint, as far as fraud goes, there's a lot of injured people out there that deserve to get the money they deserve and deserve the medical treatment they deserve. Then there's an entire different segment that are receiving benefits and nothing really happens. Staged accidents, we see it all the time, Mm. creating things, creating accidents that never happened or just malingering, staying Sick for the standpoint of getting free uh-huh. Benefit. free benefits and monies uh-huh. um, as far as dating in and, and family life that's it's another animal altogether. Um, uh-huh. people are you know, online dating they're meeting people, and they're not doing what they need to do as far as due diligence to see if this person is even who they say they are, it. yes, yeah. and especially here in Florida and i, I don 't mean to dismiss this state I love it, I chose it, but you know because it 's so nomadic uh-huh. It's people come here. A lot of them are running from something. Yeah. The rest of us are just looking for fine weather. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the rest, there can be some. There's a quite a number of people we've done background checks on Mm. for people, and even hiring for home help, whether it be nannies, babysitters. Everything, it, it, any kind of hiring situation.
1: So, so let me ask you this question: What is a good just for our listeners here? And this is I wanted to have you on, Marianne, because this is really about consumer awareness and consumer protection, personal protection, you know, and some things like that. And we have a lot of folks that listen to the show that are either business owners or they are in a place where they, you know, they're aspiring business owners. They're they maybe they have levels of wealth already. We we have a lot of folks that listen like that as well. So, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, you know what? I want to make sure I'm protecting myself, whether it's from dating, whether it's hiring somebody corporately, whether it's, you know, on on just the insurance side in general. Is there a couple keys that you found over the years that is that is crucial? I mean, obviously they can go hire someone like you, right? Obviously, uh, go to evi- Evidence Investigations. Is mm-hmm. it dot com?
2: It's actually the website's uh, Evidence PI, like okay. per- Evidence. Pi like private investigator evidencepi.com.
1: like Magnum yeah <laughs> got, it. <laughs> got it so evidencepi.com. but what are a couple things that you would pull out maybe that people could look at doing to protect themselves
2: well first of all I mean without even hiring me they, you know good old Google I mean hmm. we've got the world you know right in front of us so, mm-hmm. so you should at least do a precursory background check yourself
1: uh-huh.
2: um, and then if it gets to the point where you're hiring a law or it's someone Again, for your home or someone for your business, or even if you're thinking about acquiring another business
1: uh-huh.
2: or merging with another business, is it all real? I'm uh, mm. saying we do surveillance on potential.
1: You said about asset checks.
2: Yes, asset checks on people that say the well, we can do anything that covers public information. Uh-huh. So if you want to find out if they actually have the assets that they say they do, yep. we can find Instead all of Instead of that. just
1: going to Wikipedia yeah, and absolutely. seeing the page that someone we have, created, right?
2: Just, you know, we have proprietary databases that only private investigators uh-huh. can get subscriptions to.
1: Okay.
2: We have to have a legitimate reason, whether it be a business reason, a, you know, a, a court reason, but there's got to be Something there, and we can go and run a full background throughout the whole country. And I do have affiliates um, throughout the world at this point that I and
1: can I, come. I, I think that's important just to kind of pause on that because a lot of people will go and they will do Google, right? And then maybe they'll go to Wikipedia, but a lot of people don't realize that Wikipedia is a site that and somebody's anybody created. And can
2: put anything in there. You can
1: put anything that, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, a benefit and a disadvantage at the end of the day because people can be looking at information that may not at all even be related to the, to the story. And so that, that lends credence to saying, hey, I need to dive a little deeper. If Absolutely. you're if you're looking to acquire a serious person that, that come into your firm or you're acquiring a business, et cetera. Um, so go Google initially.
2: Yeah, you do your own precursory. But if you really want the lowdown, yeah, call us. I mean, I, we have obviously a team of surveillance investigators that will. Let you know if the, what the truth is about someone's activities all day. But also I've got what I call desktop investigators that mm-hmm. do nothing but follow. First, I'll do a database search that like no other. And you can see the kind online. But if, if you're not a licensed private investigator, you won't have access to the kind of things we can find out. In addition to that, if they want to find out for sure if the person you know is who they are, we will actually go to that you know do a kind of a activity check to okay. make sure they're there.
1: Yeah, to see actually that they're going and doing what they say they're, gonna they say they're going to do. So, so let me ask you this: was one final question here? If you could leave the listeners with uh, something that you would say, hey, you know, I, I've always seen this. I see it on TV. I see different things. Pi. You know, I never mm-hmm. really thought about it in my world, in my space, because a lot of people just go and do their thing. Uh, who are one or two people, maybe that you would say, or companies or organizations that you would say these are these are folks that need to be looking out? Um,
2: I would say uh, any major corporation, as, as far as fraud, okay, so much waste goes out the door. They're they're aware of, aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trust but verify in the mm-hmm. world of Ronald mm-hmm. Reagan, trust but verify. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in thinking everybody's a criminal, but my gosh, and I, and I always preface this by saying you have to know that even though we do a background check on someone and they, they come up clean as a whistle, it doesn't mean they're not a criminal. It might mean that they d- just haven't gotten caught yet. Yeah. So it's always good to to check back. And, uh, and even with the social media checks, we, we do social media checks as p- part of a background check for okay. hiring purposes. Mm-hmm. And some people we monitor for. Because th- things will change. So it's a change. continual monitoring. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's not a one and done.
2: It, it could be, but if if you want it as a standalone, but if you want to keep seeing what your employees, what your family members, and I hate to say it, but even we have a lot of parents checking on their kids because hmm. you know they might not be on Facebook, but they're on all other sorts of yeah. stuff, and they also want to know what they're doing when they're going yeah. around. So, but for the business owner, you have to do a background.
1: How much of this is done? You know, it made a thought to me when you said about parents checking on kids. How much of this is done in relation to just flat out protection? Not looking for something necessary negative but just protecting and saying you know jeez I just want to make sure that they're okay in the world today with all yeah, of the yeah and you
2: it, know the, a lot of it is just protection and that some people you know I'm not a parent but I know a lot of people that think that's not quite the right way to do it but if you're financing this kid's life and yeah. you want to know for sure I, you know I've got yeah. <laughs> stories I can tell you that they say oh, I need money for this and you find out yeah. something else is completely going on as far as the spending and what they're doing with their lives and uh and in the, in the world today, you just, you have to trust, but verify.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. We'll leave it at that. So so the thought of the day is you got to trust, but verify. Very, very important. Well, Marianne, thanks so much for taking some Thank time. Thank you, and Michael. Coming on and sharing your thoughts. And by the way, evidencepi.com, you that's can check the them out. And uh, if you missed the first part of the segment, or you missed a motivational segment talking about servant leadership, the process of success, or we talked about stocks. Are you in love with your stocks? It might be time for a fresh approach. How about understanding the phases of your financial life. We also covered that on this show. Just go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com. And uh, you can subscribe or just search Michael Wall Show on your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss anything and you go back and list the previous shows as well. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. Here is to living with purpose so you can live on purpose and reach out to us. Again, Michael michaelwallshow.com. We want and love your feedback to help us continue to add more value to you along the way and share this show with someone that you know that you know would gain value from it. Here's to Living With Purpose this week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule
0: your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.